The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, 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 and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is July the 7th, 2021, and I'm your host, William Harris. Hope you all are having a wonderful day. Uh, today, me and my uh, my pal, my buddy, my main man from overseas, uh, Lyle Swithenbank is with me. I hope I said your last name uh, correct, Lyle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it was a fantastic pronunciation. It usually awesome, gets butchered, awesome. so I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, yeah, my main man, Lyle, is with me. He's the host of the Hoopball Pelicans podcast. Uh, and we will go over some of the news from the Pelicans, where they can go in the direction for the draft, and some of our favorite players. So, Lyle, how you doing, man? It's, it's great to have you on. Yeah, I'm going well, mate. Thanks for um inviting me on. Uh, yeah, really honored to be to be on here so soon as well. You're going from strength to strength so far. I've been listening in, and um, yeah, I was chomping at the bit to come on. So thanks very much for inviting me. Awesome, awesome. Happy to have you on. You know, me and Lyle go back. We've been doing a lot of hoop ball stuff together in the past, and and Lyle's a great guy, and he knows his basketball, especially with the um, New Orleans Pelicans. So they've been in the news lately. So I had to get you on the show. Yeah, there's been a bit of carry on with the uh, with the Pelicans in recent times. Um, obviously with the coaching search ongoing, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, Stan Van Gundy coming out and speaking publicly for the first time, and uh, yeah, as, as to whether or not we're going to trade Eric Bledsoe, who knows? But um, yeah, there's a bit going on. But uh, looking forward to diving into it all. Right, right. Uh, well, we could start with, like you mentioned, with the head coaching search. Do you have anyone in mind for the team, or do you think they should basically draft first and then go with the coach to fit the team? Look, it's a tricky one. I think last year we waited so long with um, hiring Stan Van Gundy. I think it didn't happen until about October um, to then start in December, which was just way too late for a bloke to sort of um, acclimatise to the team. I think this time they're going to do it a little bit different. Uh, Hopefully that it'll be sorted I mean, the the two main candidates are, are Willie Green at the Suns and also um, Charles Lee at the Bucks. So both of them are uh, about to play in the uh, finals this starting this week. So, you know, both those guys, um, I don't know, probably right in the uh, the hot seat to be able to get in, as well as internally Fred Vinson, uh, one of the assistant coaches at the Pelicans. So they're probably the, the three guys. Um in terms of the the two external guys, I don't know too much about them. I've listened to a, a few different uh, uh, podcasts and the like talking about um, yeah both Willie and and Charles and uh, those guys. They seem like I don't know solid sort of guys. They've they've obviously had a bit of success uh, throughout the league um, as as coaches. Willie Green was the was a journeyman player here as well. Um, I mean, both seem like really top guys, but it's difficult because. You know, until you've seen these guys coach, I'm not really sure. You know, their assistants here. Mm-hmm. They're, Willie Green is a defensive coach at uh, at the Suns, and so we like that. We like defensive coaches. Charles Lee is uh, uh, Budenholzer's right hand man. Um, has been all over the world, and um, you know, coached in in various different places and and played overseas. So it's interesting to see what the um, 
what the head coach search will, uh, I suppose, uncover. But hopefully the, the Pelicans front office just does it quickly because they yeah. interviewed all these guys last year. Um, you know, they bring it. I mean, Willie Green's probably new this year, but um, otherwise, these are these are known guys. You know, so a lot of the research should already been done before we hired Stan Van Gundy. So we'll see what happens, but um, hopefully it gets done before the draft because then you get the coach's oh, input. Yeah. Be pretty good, yeah. Right, right, yeah. So we, and you can go in the coach's direction, see what which way they want to lead the team. You know, your team right now, the Pelicans, are. Kind of in a tricky situation. You have talent at every position. You have bench player talent also. Uh, in this upcoming draft, what position mainly are you looking to fill, do you believe? Or do you think you need to make a trade to clear some things up before you can decide who you want at that 10 spot? Look, I, I think we're in two minds as to whether or not we keep the 10th pick. I'm not entirely sure if it means mm-hmm. that we package up um, one of the big contracts in Eric Bledsoe or Stephen Adams or one of those guys and, and either move up or, or get a um, a veteran player that, you know, is, is a high quality, high caliber player in this league, whether that becomes a package for a guy like, I don't know, I think that's only going to happen if we're going to swing for the fences, whether that be a Damian Lillard package or a Bradley Beal package or something like that. Um, as to whether or not that's realistic, who knows? Um, but, uh, I mean, around that that 10th pick, there's a few guys that we've been looking at. Um, if we do hold on to it, yeah, there's a. I, I think the position we'd be looking for is, is probably a wing sort of player. I think we need a, a hard defender and, and also shooting. Uh, we, we got punished from the three-point line this year, and, yeah, it was glaringly obvious towards the end of the season that we'd get beaten by teams that we looked like we were winning all game and then we'd get killed from the three-point line and we just couldn't answer. So you can't go and shoot six to ten threes a game these days and and, and expect to win or hit them, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think developing the shooting uh, is definitely high on the priority. Oh, yeah, because you, you had uh, J.J. Redick and he, did, <laughs> he didn't work out. <laughs> so you're yeah. going to definitely need to fill that spot. Um <clears throat> But, yeah, it's a lot of directions. Do you believe that Lonzo will stay with the team? There were a lot of talks about him last year uh, in the trade market. Uh, but then at the end of the season, he kind of played well. Do you think he's a perfect fit? you think you're looking to replace Lonzo this year? Again, it's, it's difficult because it depends how much you want to pay him. I think yeah, anywhere between the 18 to 20 million, I think I think you bite the bullet and you keep him. But anything over that, it starts getting a bit difficult and it becomes a bit of a situation where you go, what do we do here? I've heard a lot of um, discussions about uh, if we were to go and get another star, then you would probably keep Lonzo Ball because it's obviously easier to keep your own free agents than, and then you can go over the cap and, and uh, re-signing your own high-quality guys. If not, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. And, you know, you also want to keep Brandon Ingram happy, who's Lonzo's mate. Uh, if you if you intend on building around Brandon Ingram, there's there's a lot of rumblings floating around this team at the moment, and yeah, who knows what guys are going to line up on uh, October 31st when we fire up. <laughs> yeah, we've been hearing a lot of talk like uh, Brandon Ingram could go to the uh, Blazers. Uh, been hearing Ben Simmons could be on his way to New Orleans. I know you were not for that idea, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, how would you feel if they blew it up, you know, and went young or went with a try to, you know, package that pick and go with a superstar? Well, I think 
your only untouchable is Zion Williamson. I think that right. has to be the that has to be the mentality is that we need to keep him happy. This kid is transcendent talent. I think he is the next big thing. You don't average at twenty years old, twenty seven, seven and seven. Um, you know, as a power forward that can't really shoot threes or do anything outside the paint. So this is a sort of guy that you swing for the fences for and you do it quickly. You know, we've his first year he was injured. We only saw 18 games. He's only just finished his rookie season, really, now in the second season. He's played, what, just short of 100 games, I think, now. But yeah. you're also at the end of his second season. So all of a sudden, he's due for an extension at the end of this one um, or the one after. But uh, I don't think you want to get in that situation. You know, he wants to win. And you need to do everything to appease him. Um, you know, if it was to blow it up, You've got to make sure that these pieces fit around him. You know, the issue with Ben Simmons is that he doesn't have a jump shot. And we've already got Zion, who doesn't have a jump shot, and he's a ball-handling big as well. So all of a sudden, yeah, downhill right. in transition, it's going to be scary. Like, I wouldn't want to be playing against Ben Simmons and and um, Zion downhill. But right. if you're not going to then surround them, I mean, you'd have to then surround them with shooters, I guess. You couldn't play yeah. a traditional big man like a Stephen Adams or someone, you'd, or even Jackson Hayes, you know. You need to be able to play a guy that can stretch the floor. So that would be my concern. And that was my biggest thing is that Brandon Ingram was our best three-point shooter thereabouts. Um, and, you know, it says a lot when he's probably pretty streaky anyway. But um, if you get rid of him, then all of a sudden the, the floor clogs up even more than, than what we already had. So if they do blow it up, they've just got to do it wisely. And it's got to be for mm. win now. Um pieces there's, there's none of this like oh we'll just get more draft picks no we got enough of them so let's start using them as the as the uh treasure trove that we have yeah i totally agree and then and i do love brandon ingram on your team i'd hate to see him leave um you might would have to do that trade if you can get damian lillard but i wouldn't probably sure. deal with the sixers and and mess around with ben simmons i think he won't elevate your team as much as dame could i don't know if he'd be worth the risk and uh you know, ironically, we're talking about Zion and the Pelicans. Today is Zion's 21st birthday. You know, we're recording this on July 6th in America, July 7th in Australia. But, you know, that was just ironic. Not planned at all, but happy birthday, Zion. He just turned 21 years old. It's ridiculous that we've been seeing this great player, uh, dominant player in college and the NBA so far, even though it hasn't been that long. And he just turned 21 years old. So the Pelicans have a bright future ahead of them. As uh, long as they keep him happy and keep him in town, because there's been rumors that he's his family's not that happy with the town with the team either. So make sure y'all take care of that, Lyle. Oh, we got to, and you know, as soon <laughs> as those rumblings came out, it really was one thing after another. You know, it was Brandon yeah. Ingram didn't get along with Stan Van Gundy. Oh, he's been sacked. Oh, Zion wants to win, and his family's unhappy. And we're sitting there going, "Well, can you guys just?" settle down and sort of spread these rumors out because um, getting them all <laughs> in one week was a bit too much. But, um, you know, right. Stan came out in, in his, uh, he spoke on the Stupidity uh, podcast and he talked about um, Zion and whether or not he would have had a, an influence on him not coming back this year. And, and he said, no, Zion's not a coach killer. And he didn't hear any of this stuff from the family or anything like that. So it, it's difficult to then, you know, put these uh, rumors into actual truth unless you hear it from Zion or his management or anything like that. I mean, people get annoyed. And, and I mean, you you want to be winning. I think that's what every NBA athlete wants to do. I think there's a, guys 
you know, join super teams and the like so they can win because it's so tough to do. And if you're sitting there with a team that on paper has two all-stars, a whole heap mm. of young guys that look like they could be really, really good players, and then you go and get um, Eric Bledsoe, who was an all-defensive second-team guy, Stephen Adams, who's probably one of the top five traditional centres in, in the league, you know, or top ten maybe. Um, on paper, the team's stacked, but then you can't go and win. So it's... Um, I understand the uh, the frustration because we're all we're all with him. If you're not frustrated about the Pelicans, well, yeah, you you probably haven't been watching them. <laughs> yeah, especially you know seeing uh, what John Morant is doing, who was the second pick in that draft behind Zion with the Memphis Grizzlies. So you know, I'm sure you guys are itching to win some games again to the playoffs. Um, you know, so say you know you keep your pick, uh, you you don't trade anyone with the tenth pick in the draft. Who do you think? the New Orleans Pelicans to select in this year's draft? So there's probably three guys that are floating around, um, okay. you know, from all reports. Um, it seems to be up the top six are pretty consensus, pretty good. And then after that, it sort of opens up from about seven through to 15 or all sort mm-hmm. of this second, third tier players. And, and um, you know, there's a few guys in there that I like and I think seem to be the names that keep popping up. Um, the first one, I think, is Moses Moody. Uh, if he falls to us at 10, I think we'd be really happy with that. I think he's 18 years old. Um, you know, he is long. He's a shooter. He's yeah, 18, 6'6", um, out of Arkansas. He played in a good league um, there. And he was a solid player. And, you know, whether or not we want another 18-year-old, I don't know, because, you know, mm-hmm. you want someone that's going to contribute. It's probably more of a, a developmental uh, type thing and, and potential. But again, do you go over someone that um, looks like he can do a bit of everything and uh, a three and D wing is good size, you know, seven foot one wingspan and, and he's fast and he's, he's got a good motor. So if you can get a sort of like, I don't know, I've heard comparisons of like a Mikhail Bridges, you know, if you can get a guy like that, well, look where Mikhail Bridges is today. So, you know, if he yeah. can do that, even at a, a sort of um, lower level, you know, a bit of defense and a bit of shooting, well, we love that in New Orleans. So um, he's probably the first guy. Um, yeah. The, he's a the, uh, really good three-point shooter too, so that's what you need also. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so that's the big thing, you know. You want a 3 and D guy that can knock him down consistently. Um, so I think he would be um, one that, to keep an eye on if he is to fall to us. I mean, this, this I've also seen drafts where he goes at like eight. So uh, I don't know. We'll probably get sniped by the um, <laughs> by the Kings again, like they did last year with um, Halliburton. But um, we, we'll uh, we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, the other guy that we hear a lot about is uh, Corey Kispert um, out of Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. He um, is a yeah twenty one. He'll be twenty two by the time he starts next season. Uh, Really good shooter, um, I think, from all reports. It's a good 6'7". Oh, yeah. uh, um, like, I think the best one in the draft, allegedly, that he's, he's a really yeah. good shooter. Um, mm-hmm. So that, he's another guy that's been talked to, uh, I think, and, you know, they interviewed him and he came out and said, I'd be a really good fit at New Orleans with, um, you know, alongside Zion and, and Brandon Ingram. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. You know, if he turns into like a Gary uh, – sorry, not Gary Harris, Joe Harris type, um, you know, he, he – would be really good for the side. You know, if you get another JJ Redick, which is a little bit taller, um, you know, that, that would be really handy. But uh, again, 
as to whether or not you want to take a punt on a guy. He's going to be a good, solid role player in the NBA. I think that's that's going to be known because you can shoot. As to whether or not his ceiling is something that you sit there and it's like, well, he's already 22. How much better does he get? I mean, it says, I mean, I'm 29, so I'm sitting there like, well, I might get better. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, he he um, is one of those guys that probably can contribute straight away and, and isn't a, a project. You know what he's going to be. He's going to shoot. And um, there's some questions about his athleticism reportedly. But, again, like I've... I think if you can shoot and you can run up and down the court, well, you can hide people on defense if you can then put a good defender alongside him if you can get one in the uh, in the offseason. So we'll see what happens. But um, the the final guy that I have high is probably the most scouted that I have, uh, I suppose, because I've watched him play against my Perth Wildcats is uh, is Josh Giddy, and ah, um, okay. you know, six out six eight out of um, the Adelaide Thirty Sixers. They had a, an import guard, uh, Donald Sloan, who's played in the league. They got rid of him so they could give the keys to Josh Giddy at 18 years old. Yeah, 6'8", big, big guy. Um, jump shooter, not so much. Like, he needs, he's going to need a bit of work on that. But you got Fred Vincent at New Orleans. So you go and get him, and all of a sudden you've got a guy that has really high potential. He was getting triple doubles in the uh, in the NBL down in Australia last year or this last season. You know, guys like that, they don't come along that often. You know, the last guy who was getting triple doubles in, in, in the NBL was uh, LaMelo Ball. So you're sitting there going, well, he led the league in assists with about seven and a half. We need a guy that can pass, that can run an offense at 6'8". I mean, imagine a 6'8 point guard alongside Zion, alongside Brandon Ingram, Alongside, I don't know whoever else you want to put on, um, you know, seven one with Jackson Hayes, unbelievable. Hey, <laughs> it sounds like, like you're it. trying to get Lonzo out of town. To me, is that what you're saying? Well, you could put him on as well. You could, I mean, Lonzo <laughs> this year probably changed his role a little bit, and that he became more of a, a secondary playmaker as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was more of a catch and shoot guy, and they did sort of take him off the ball a bit more in the half court. Lonzo's probably biggest weakness is is being able to run a half-court set. So in transition, he's is probably the best in the league, I think. But in the um, actual running an offense, is sometimes a bit stagnant for him, and he sometimes settles for silly jumpers. But if you can have him as a, a third or even a second playmaker, and you have Giddy, Zion, Lonzo all playing at the same time, all of a sudden you're just you're moving the ball from side to side. There's not many teams that are going to be able to stop you. <laughs> Right, right, right. So, you know, it's interesting with uh, with that 10th pick. Do you think it's a guarantee for someone that you select to be a starter? Or do you think with your the talent on your team that they will probably be a bench player? Or do you, do you think Moody would start and the other two would be a bench player? Or how do you feel uh, with the team as is, would either of these guys start for you guys? No, I think that'll – I think initially that'll come off the bench. I don't think there's any guy that's a, a, a plug and play, and you always find that a little bit later in the in the lottery is, I mean, probably the the top three guys usually are starters, and you get them in pretty early, and they're usually pretty ready to go. Um, you know, a bit further down, these guys usually take a bit to feel it out. But then again, you know, they go this year they're going to have summer league. If they're going to go there and, and dominate, well, all of a sudden you go, well, 
if you're going to show up, well, maybe you can beat these other uh, veteran guys out. But um, I think mm. initially on, on face value, none of the guys that I've talked about will slot straight into to the starting lineup. I think there'll probably be a few rotation minutes, but um, it also depends on what coach you get. You know, Stan Van Gundy yeah, hates know. young people. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like um, – he likes veterans and he likes guys that are going to play his way. So that was a big issue um, with getting Kyra Lewis minutes and Jackson Hayes mm. and guys like that. You know, they were probably stunted a little bit because Stan Van Gundy wanted to play Eric Bledsoe. Um, so, right. you know, that I think if you get a coach that wants to give these guys and put trust in them, um, you know, then perhaps. But I think – if the starting five comes back exactly as that was this year, which I hope it doesn't, um, it'll stay the same, I think. Um, if not, Nikhil will come in. Nikhil Alexander-Walker will come into the starting lineup. Right, right. Because uh, I've been hearing a lot of talk about uh, the positions you probably need the most are shooting guard and center. Obviously, you have uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Josh Hart. Um, you also have Steven Adams. But they... Uh, there's been a lot of talk that Zion and Steven Adams don't really work great. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't help Zion's uh, game fill his potential. Um, would you be happy if you selected a center at 10 or a shooting guard? Or do you think uh, you just go for a role player and don't don't try to reach for anything? I think you've you got to find the best player that's available. I think at mm-hmm. 10, it, it it's tough because, like I said, you know, the – Probably the top five I can't miss. Those guys at the top end, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting if you see one of these guys not succeed in some, uh, like, sort of capacity. Whereas a bit further down, it sort of opens right up. You know, you could pick at 18 and, and get a guy that's just as good as someone as at nine. Um, yeah. Depending on, on what you need. Uh, in terms of a big man, you know, they take a bit longer to develop. Um, yeah. it's, it's difficult because do you want to play a traditional center alongside Zion, I, I don't know. Uh, we've, we've tried that, and at times it looked really, really good. The offensive um, rebounding of Stephen Adams was was huge, and as, particularly when we moved Zion onto the onto the ball more and, and played him at the point Zion, um, you know, that gave a lot more space uh, for the guys down there to, to operate. Right. I mean, I, I think you can play a traditional center, but the issue is... If you're going to do that, Zion needs to be on the ball and you need to have other shooters because what will happen is the lane just becomes very, very clogged. And if Zion right, right. only has the ability to score in the paint, um, as he was led the league in, in paint scoring, you know, it makes it much more difficult to then um, be able to um, to score because the, the defences aren't going to collapse on you. They're just going to stand there and say, well, no one else is going to beat us. Um, you know, guys on the outside, Josh Hart, if we re-sign him, you know, he's average three-point shooter. Um, Nikhil's been streaky. Kyra's streaky. Jackson Hayes hit three threes <laughs> in one game, but otherwise doesn't really shoot him. You know, James Johnson was good when we had him and then um, sort of dropped off uh, towards the end of the season. Um, you know, Najee Marshall was probably our um, saving grace. That guy was our 3 and D uh, guy and earned yeah. himself a – Earn himself a contract, um, so he's probably the most consistent, and and yeah, it makes it difficult. Lonzo Ball as well, you know. None of these guys are snipers, you know. We don't have a Chris Middleton, we don't have a, a Joe Harris or a, a guy that can sit there and you know he's just gonna absolutely bury it every single time, um, or thereabouts. So, 
it'll be interesting to see um, whether or not they would pick a centre there. Um, I don't know if there are any or many around that area that are that. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe Kai Jones, but it's you know they say you need a center that could uh, bring uh, someone out of the of the paint, so Zion could mm. have more room to operate in the paint. But that is extremely hard to find, and you probably would end up reaching in this draft because, like you said, they would take some time to develop. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, you're in a it, it's a it's a good problem to have basically. You have a lot of talent on your team. You're going to have a lot of players to choose from, and you're just going to have to find the one that fits, or you can trade the pick. So the, I think the Pelicans are in a great spot. Um, it, it's just going to be interesting to see. I think they're one of the most interesting teams in this draft. I would say OKC, Orlando, and the Pelicans. I'm so interested to see what they're going to do with their pick. Uh, in my latest mock draft, I have you guys taking Davion Mitchell. Not oh, yeah. because it's a not because it's a great fit. It's just if he falls to ten, he seems too talented to pass on, in my opinion. But that would leave you guys with a logjam at point guard. So it, it's tough. Well, how you feel about Davion Mitchell? Yeah, he's a good player as well. Um, you know, I mean, this mock draft that I've read, you know, he doesn't get anywhere near <laughs> anywhere near us. But again, he's another good guy. He's a good defender, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know. Yeah. Was 22 years old, yeah, lockdown defender, uh, has a bit of a jump shot, but again, I think it'll take a bit to um, uh, develop. But uh, he was one of those guys, I think he got interviewed, I don't know, before one of the Western Conference Finals games, and he spoke really well. He looked like a really um, switched-on uh, young man. And, you know, high-character guys are just as important as, you know, good players. I think if you can get a guy that's going to, try really hard on defense and you got a rook that's going to do that, well, all of a sudden success and, and intensity breeds intensity. You know, guys, um, you know, guys will all buy in if they see the, the young guy doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, he fits in in terms of the age. I, I don't think we need another 18-year-old. I think we need a, right. a, a, big, a bigger body. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, uh, I think we'll be okay um, in, in that in terms of the age. But, if he falls to us, I think that's a guy that you definitely have to look at because I know there's a lot of rumblings about um, Marcus Smart, like trying to go after him. I don't know whether or not that would ever be possible, but yeah. we need a defensive identity. And, and you know, we ranked uh, in for the start of the – I think we finished 24th overall, but, you know, pre-All-Star break, we were the second worst. And then after the All-Star break, we finished 7th. So, you know, in, in defense. So, right. The signs are there. It's just about being able to put the right pieces to to solidify that defensive identity, and and that I think will take the Pelicans to the next level. I like it. I love it. I love it. Um, so you mentioned Moses Moody, Corey Kispert, and Josh Giddy for the Pelicans. Are there any other guys in this draft, not even Pelicans related, that mm. you're uh, keeping an eye on, you're interested in, uh, would like to see how they're going to develop in the NBA? Well, I think, I mean, it's, I think everyone's got their eye on them, but you know, like. Cade and, and Evan Mobley, oh, yeah. you know, these top guys. It's going to be really interesting to see these guys. I think Evan Mobley, um, he, looks like, he looks like he's going to be really good. Um, you know, he can do a bit of everything. If he can put a bit of muscle on, I reckon that's probably his only knock is he might be a little bit skinny, 210 pounds he's listed at. You know, but at 19, that's not too bad. You know, you put a bit of muscle on this guy, well, he could be a really, really good player. Um, you know, also like the G League Ignite players, you know, Green, mm-hmm. um, who else we had down there? Um, uh, Kaminga. 
yeah, Kaminga as well. Sorry, yeah, those guys. You know, it was a really, um, I suppose, risky almost uh, opportunity to go and join this team and, and play in the G League instead of either going to college or, or going down to Australia or wherever else other people have gone, you know, or China. You know, these guys um, took a risk on themselves. They got paid to do it, and and it paid off. You know, both these guys are in, what, top five predict, uh, predicted. And they both look exciting. I think, um, you know, they're guys that I'm interested to see and, and to see whether or not it pays off. I think the um, the way the top prospects started coming to Australia, the, the NBA sort of said, oh, hang on, we've got to hold on to our guys and started this G League team. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and all of a sudden outpaid what we could pay them. So that's all right. But um, <laughs> all credit to them, you know. And and that, to me, shows that what we were doing in Australia is is um, is um working. And I think yeah. I'd like to see what the finished product is of these guys. You know, we've had guys like, like LaMelo Ball, you know, Tayshawn. Uh, no, what's his name? Jayshawn Tate down at the Rockets. Um, we got uh, oh, the bloke in... What's his name? I've forgotten it now. Uh, he's playing for the Suns and also the um, the he was on the Bucks as well. He's in the finals. Uh, Tory Craig, um, yeah, Tory Craig as well. You know these guys like that that have come through our league and you know as an Australian you go on our league's pretty good. <laughs> you know, so it'll be good right. to see what these guys develop into and whether or not um, not coming to the NBL was the right um, <laughs> the right decision. But who knows? Um, I might just right, be a right. bit biased. <laughs> And so we mentioned Josh Giddy, you know, he's from Australia, you know, your homeland. Is, is there any other prospect from Australia that uh, we haven't talked about or is he the only one this year? I think this year he's probably the only one. Next year, I reckon, okay. keep an eye out for a couple. Um, okay. The Australian Emus, which is our under-18s team, uh, lost to the US today, but um, had beaten them last game. They're doing some exhibition games in the World Cup, I think. Um, and there's some really good prospects coming out of there. Um, the Wildcats, my team has uh, young LT, Luke Travers. Um, he's a, tw- I think he's 20, uh, about 6'8". He started for us as a development player this year, um, which is almost unheard of. He was, uh, he looks really good. He is sort of like a okay. uh, slashing sort of... Um, Small forward, power forward. I think he played the three in the NBA, but he looks he looks strong, and he's also got some hops. Um, three point shot is still coming along, but um, we got some good uh, coaches down there, so I might be a little bit biased because I've watched every game of his. But uh, he is, um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some prospects come through throughout the journey, and I think he could hang with the best of them. Awesome, awesome. That's some inside information right there. That's why we have you on the pod, Lyle. <laughs> You're breaking it down. Um, so since, uh, Josh Giddy is the only prospect, is there anything else you would like to say about Josh Giddy and if he would fit it with any other team or if you think how you think he would translate to the NBA? Cause I will, I'll be honest with you. I'm skeptical on Giddy. I think he could be Ricky Rubio at best or be a complete bust. You, you yeah. seem to think he has a higher ceiling than that. I mean, it's not often that teams will get rid of their best player to give the rookie the keys. Um, and, and that's something that I think uh, is a credit to him and a credit to his work ethic. You know, Donald Sloan's hung around the league for, um, you know, the, the NBA for, for a long time. And then he sort of went to Europe for a bit and then came down here. 
if you're willing to part with a guy like that to to bring this kid along, well, you know, he's he's going to be all right. He, he didn't make it into the Boomers squad, the Australian national team. He's there as like a train-on player, so there'll be three uh, subs, I think. So he um, is, is part of the, the squad of 15. And, you know, he's beating out like professional athletes. He's beating out guys that have been around for a long time. So... Um, you know, to make it into the top fifteen, you, you, it's pretty impressive in all of um, in all the Australian guys that have been all over. You know, I, I had to think about what he translates to, and I think the his flaw is like a Sean Livingston. You know, that journeyman, mm-hmm. tall, um, mid-range shooter. You know, I think he he's going to be a good player. I I honestly think he he'll be all right. His issue is going to be. His work, uh, not work ethic. He's like his motor, and also his ability to um, shoot the ball. That is where he'll get uh, hammered. But you know, if 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 you can have him as a solid backup point guard at six eight, you know, it's not bad. He, he he's he's got some hops. He's got some um, athleticism. There was one he dunked and then landed on his head and knocked himself out. You know, um, like <laughs> the guy, the guy can get up, but. Um, yeah, I, I think his ability to run an offense and to be able to uh, find the open teammate is a is ahead of other guys at eighteen. I haven't seen many guys like that that can average seven and a half assists, lead a league in um, in assists. You know, as as a first year player. So, you know, as to whether or not that, I mean, we've seen plenty of good guys come down and play in other leagues because they couldn't hang in the NBA. But it, it'll come down to his development. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it is a boom and bust sort of prospect. I agree with you. You know, um, I, I think there's a there's potential that he could just be no good. Um, but I don't know. He seems like he's he's got the um, he's got the itch to be good and, and to be great. And you know, some of the intangibles and in basketball IQ you just can't teach. So he um, he'll be all right. I reckon he'll be all right. Okay. He's okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, I'm, I may have been too hard on him, but you know, since he's your guy from Australia, you know, I'll be a little bit easier on him. <laughs> so I'm, I'm rooting for you, Josh Giddy. You know, I have him projected <laughs> to go 18th to OKC right now, just because OKC is not trying to win right now, and I think he would have time to develop, and they would be able to see if he's going to be a star or not. You know, they'll be able to give him minutes that won't really hurt them. You know as far as winning or losing. Uh, and I think that'll be a good opportunity for him. Like, if he goes to the wrong team, that could really hurt his potential. So uh, I, agree. I think it would depend on the team he goes to, and I, I think he'll have a good shot. Yeah, I think OKC but, would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah. All right. Um, so and the Pelicans probably have the 40th pick in the draft, too. Is there anyone you're eyeing for their second-round pick, or you just worried about the first-round pick? Um, well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the the thing is, I think we have a few second round picks, and, and you know, okay, it's one of those things that we don't need any more young guys. So if you can package them up and get something else, you know, or move further up into the um, first round, well, I think that has to be the um, has to be the the mentality. We've got enough youth you know average i think we're probably the second youngest team or youngest team in the league you know that makes it really difficult to to consistently finish games you add another rookie all of a sudden you've then got to develop them there's not a whole heap of second rounders that have been successful not to say that they can't be but um 
you know, there's there's not one guy that really sticks out to me. I know they've worked out four guys. I don't have the list in front of me, but um, they the Pelicans have looked at some guys that are probably later in the lottery. Uh, not later in the lottery, later in the first round and and the start of the first that'll probably go. Um, but but again, it's it's um. I think Trey Murphy might have worked out with us. Yeah, I okay. think. Um, yeah, so that might be a guy that that they look at. But again, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they package it up and just tack it on to, um, to Eric Bledsoe's contract and just ship him out. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, there's not yeah, there's not one specific uh, thing. I think you're looking for uh, defenders again that, um, that you can get. If you can find another name, but I don't know how many of them there are later on in the second round. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you, this is a pretty deep draft. So probably in the top 40 are pretty, they're pretty much guaranteed to be uh, really good or have great potential. So, uh, you know, I think you guys are in great shape, you know, and, uh, you know, Pelicans, look, everyone look out for the Pelicans draft. Like I said, they're top three, uh, most interesting team, in my opinion. Uh, thank you so much, Lyle, for joining me on the show. Uh, give everyone your Twitter, Instagram, all that good information so they can follow you and hear more about the Pelicans. Yeah, so at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K. If you can catch that, you probably have to slow it down and do it again. Um, <laughs> and at Hoopball Pels is the show. Um, yeah, we're on all the different podcast apps, uh, the Hoopball Pelicans. So come and have a look. We uh, we. We've slowed down a little bit during the um, well. I've slowed down a little bit during the uh, the off season, but um, otherwise, yeah, we're hitting every game. Uh, heaps of news. Anytime there's breaking news, we jump on and and smash it out. We get heaps of good guests, and um, yeah, give us a follow, jump along, and um, we've got a big season ahead, so it'll be interesting. It will definitely be interesting, and I'll definitely have to have you back on, if not before the draft, after the draft, to cover what the Pelicans did. And you know, I just appreciate you joining me, and definitely, like you said. Uh, follow my main man Lau on Twitter. Great follow. Um, but yes, thank you so much. And follow me. I hadn't said my Instagram, Twitter, whatever. <laughs> so at William Isbill. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the All Rookie Podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.